You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. You're a clumsy bitch. Is I what's am going a clumsy on. bitch. Yeah. Jesus, like the the show started and you like dropped the fucking water, you hit the water, and then you caught it. And you're like, oh, it's a good thing I got that. Then you got like fucking Cut dessert to act three, yeah. and you just fucking dumped water yeah. all over the fucking table. Hope you like your chocolate cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> Sarah was having it floating like, in a moat. She's like, is that the? Is it? Is it like just the the, the chocolate? It's fudge? really saucy. It's very saucy, and you're like, oh, that's probably the water. <laughs> Sorry, Great, man. That's Sorry. awesome. Uh, fun though. Thank you so much for inviting Sarah and I. Don't along. thank me. Thank friend of the show Matt Doden. Thank you, Matt Doden. Did an awesome job starring in uh, Captain Blood. Yeah. And the what? The what? The what? Just Captain Blood. That's the it? pirate melodrama. Oh, there's yeah. no. Uh, there's no colon. There's no. No. There's no poop. The demon barber of the Fleet Street. Fleet Street. <laughs> no. Captain no. Blood. Just Captain Blood. Uh, yeah, uh, he was great though. He was so as the titular good. character. Guys, if you're in the DFW area and you uh, enjoy visiting the Pocket Sandwich Theater, yeah. uh, got a couple more weeks, right? That they're doing for that run. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a long run because our show doesn't open until the end of August. It is a long run, but uh, it is consistently selling out. So if you think you might want to go see it, better get tickets now because I think even I think already this Saturday is sold, sold out. out. So you get one more weekend yeah. after that. So uh, go to Pocket Sandwich Theater. Dot com or Google it. It'll take Pocket you to the com. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and get your tickets. I figured our listening audience is smart enough uh, to, to figure out it's how to get show. there. It was a good show. show. They, did, they did a good job. I think you would have done uh, a fine job, a yeoman's job yeah. in that as well. Really? But yeah. In what part? Uh, in any of the roles, Joe. Oh, really? But specifically the one you tried out for. <laughs> no, we, could, we were talking afterwards. Like, I could, I could totally have seen Joe in that role. Oh, that's that's very but nice. Sorry, we'll get to see you it's in the next thing, role. You know, unfortunately, I whiffed my audition. Uh, you know what, though? When the director's like, okay, uh, read this character and give me a pirate voice. And the first thing I do is jump into my Jean Parmin. All right, it is time to try. Oh, hey, listen, there were French pirates, okay? Not in the show. What accent is uh, Jack Sparrow doing? Johnny Depp, that's I, not... I don't know. That's it's, not... It's a Keith Richards. Pirates. He's doing a Keith Richards. Exactly. He made it his own. Well, you could have made it your own had you been given the chance. But it's okay, because in another few weeks, we'll get to see you in The Foreigner. Hot-blooded! Check it and see! Oh, the next pocket this sandwich This belt contains show. all the powers of 70s supergroup <laughs> Foreigner. <laughs> What's that from? This is from the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Of course When the Moon Knights get the, the Foreigner belt. All right. And <laughs> you're playing head games. <laughs> that turns into like Connect Four. Yeah, the Foreigner uh, is going to be opening the end of August. Uh, it's a straight show. It's not one of the popcorn tossers. This is just a straight comedy. Uh, so they're not going to give you snacks to throw at us uh, while the show's going on. Yes. Uh, you don't do that either. It's no. just a play that you watch. <laughs> what if time. I did that in the middle of your performance? <laughs> you came out on screen. On screen. On, on screen. stage. Hey. <laughs> life is a screen. Uh, all yeah. life. I mean, Shakespeare said that, I believe. Yes, he did. He's, all, all life, life is, is a movie screen. screen. That's right. All life is a silver screen. And we are butts. We are only players. <laughs> what happened to our decree of no more singing? Dude, I don't know. You just keep setting it up. And I'm, I'm like, music. All I'm doing is talking. But I do the Which exact same thing. I have thing. a problem with sometimes. <laughs> no, uh, it, you and half the, our listeners. The Foreigner, uh, it's about a, uh, a couple of Englishmen. They go to Atlanta, Georgia on a fishing trip. They're in this, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if you call it a resort or <laughs> a log cabin. It's just like, it's like a place that a bunch of people will stay at 
Um, and they go to this place, and one of them has horrible social anxiety and doesn't want to talk to people. And so his buddy uh, hatches a plan where he tells everybody, oh, this is my friend. His name's Charlie, but he's from another country. He doesn't speak English. So just just carry on as you normally would, and don't worry about him. Just ignore him. But yeah, he's a nice guy. He just can't he can't understand you because they want to come up with a way so he wouldn't have to talk to people, but it wouldn't come across rude. Ah. So while he's sitting there, people are just kind of forgetting that he's there, and shit is going on. It's kind of a commentary on on uh, uh, on racism. Hmm. Uh, timely. Yes, uh, very timely. And I play the uh, the the role of Owen Musser who's a, uh, a Southern racist KKK member uh, who is uh, trying to devalue the property uh, for his own uh, evil schemes. Well, I got to tell you, you got the facial hair coming in to match. You got trying the little, to do, yeah, trying to do the handlebar mustache. Handlebar mustache, oh, man. Yeah. I saw that. I wasn't sure if uh, maybe the light wasn't hitting you just right or my eyes were seeing things, but no, you got the full-on Freddie Mercury I'm trying. coming in. <laughs> the nut tickler. I want to break free. <laughs> No, dude, I can't wait. No Did more you singing, see, Joe. No have more you seen singing. the trailer for that new Freddie Mercury? It looks amazing. Movie? Coming out like yes. November second. I am so excited like, about that. I told Sarah, I'm like, that's my birthday movie. Great trailer. Oh, yeah, I, there I you really go. You want to fucking see that? That'll be great. Uh, yeah, it it looks really good. Uh, I just heard a, a story on the on the radio this mm. morning, uh, where they talked about what's his name, Rami Malik, the Mr. Robot. Is play, yeah, yeah, he's playing Freddie Mercury, but apparently he couldn't sing. The Freddie Mercury parts. Uh, well, no, nobody can fucking sing the Freddie Mercury except parts because he's a god. I think this guy's name, I can't remember what this guy's name is, Mark something. Uh, he had like, he hit with like a YouTube video where he was singing Somebody to Love and like Ellen DeGeneres found <laughs> yes, it. Yes, that's right. Oh, and, and he went on tour. And he went on tour with yes. Queen. Oh, he's doing the vocals? And so he's doing the vocals. Good. In the movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that guy's amazing. That's fantastic. So I'm excited. Looking forward to that. But thank you. You know, I, I guess it's a compliment to say that I look like. Freddie Mercury without the big if the big chin. That's what you're going for. Yeah, he did have a strong. I would love jaw, to do he? a music video with uh, with with what's his name from the Highlander with uh, Christopher Lambert, <laughs> where we just like sword fight randomly oh, in the middle. Here of we are. We're the princes of the universe. No more, no more singing. That's it. Here we belong. <laughs> fighting for survival. Listen to our Highlander episode. Hey, dude. A uh, question from a couple years ago. Which one did you prefer? Which was better? Dragonheart or Highlander? Oh, hands down. Fucking Highlander. Okay. Highlander's great. It is great. Thank you. At least say what you will about Christopher Lambert's acting, which I think we all agreed at the time (laughs) was the worst thing about that film, but I love the concept. I love the the art. I I love the way it's shot. They were really doing some... God uh, of Thunder. (laughs) Mortal men and women fighting to defend the earth. Uh, It's not about life. But death. Wait, no. It's the other way around. It's not about death. Shit. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. But yeah, really great film. Uh, okay, maybe not great. Wow. Very good. You heard it here, guys. Really great film. <laughs> not bad. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. I actually saw a... Uh, that was last week. I actually saw <laughs> an article today talking about uh, the Rotten Tomato movies that had 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I guess yeah. there were there have been a handful over the years. Uh, and I learned it too. Yes, was one of those films. Yeah, that uh, that that that's justified. From the way you describe it, it really zigged. Yeah, it does. It, it, here's the thing, and I I know I've said this before on the mm-hmm. podcast, and I've said this before to you. Every Highlander sequel, and there are like five of them, are just they're all sequels of the first movie. It, it, the way it feels, it feels like they're all sequels from the first one, and you just kind of pick where you wanted the story to choose get. your own adventure. Yeah, that's all. James Cameron's doing that with the Terminator film now that, he, now that he's back on board. Is he back on board? Well, as has a he producer, seen what's been going on? And he's going, uh, maybe no, I should, guys, uh, <laughs> maybe I need to. I, need to I think so. This. Cooler heads need to step in and get this right. This train. I was hoping that you would say he's doing that with Avatar. 
He's made like three Avatar sequels, and he's like, just pick which one you want. You go to the air, the water, that's right, space or sky. Yeah, yeah, air or sky, mm-hmm. wherever all, you want to go. All of the elements, fire, yeah, or Lilu or heart, the fifth element. <laughs> oh God, the fifth element. We just go to her home planet. Bada boom, bada boom, big bada boom. Mm, check in, and then like she shows up in in the Sopranos universe. Corbendales, ba- bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Uh yeah so uh, so yeah no thank you Doden for the tickets and thank you for inviting us to the show okay, did you do anything else out. this past weekend uh yeah we played some video we played a ton of video games over the weekend boy saw did we see some movies besides this one we started watching Isle of Dogs which I uh, want to see that recommend based on the first I act I want to see it dude <laughs> I have a little thumb drive I can give you you already did oh well there you go you we'll enjoy it <laughs> at your leisure uh I I don't think we saw anything my father's in town yeah so we uh Got the big yeah, we birthday did party coming yes, up. Yes, Harper's birthday. How's that coming along? Birthday number three. It's coming along pretty well. Uh, we had her three year checkup at the doctor today. Oh, and she's doing good. She's still growing. She's she's growing. Unfortunately, she's kind of in the lower percentile when it comes to height. And That's if fine. you know me, <laughs> you see me. But you're not. You're not a. Kind you're of a, average. Kind of a short. Kind of a short guy. You're average. Kind of a short guy. You're fine. And the fact that unfortunately Sarah is about the same height as I am. Yeah. So. You know what? I think she's gonna be fine. We need she'll, variety. She'll be, okay. she'll be fine. She'll be okay. You know what? Ask Jenna. She she. If you hey try Jenna! To, if you try to call her tall, don't she may actually come in here. <laughs> she may, get out. Get out. Jenna. Uh, she she she's only like five eight, but you know that's pretty tall. It's yeah. above average at least. Yeah. But if you try to call her tall, she's like, I'm not tall. Oh, I'm I'm average. Wow. And so there's a stigma against being girls. Don't want really. I, I think Why people just want to be the opposite of what they are. What they are. You want to be tall. I want to be a little shorter. I have. I'm tired of ducking like... through things and uh, what having an my asshole. you're making this my show. no. It's like Listen, skinny people want to be when, fat. <laughs> when I fly, well, maybe not. That. <laughs> when I fly, my knees always hit the seat in front. Oh, of me. Like, oh squeeze into it. I mean, whenever a... I fly, I'm so tall <laughs> and awesome. I'm not even just, that tall. It. I'm just saying there. Are, we uh, the grass is always greener, Joe. Right. Yeah. So. You know what? Is it yeah. in your neighborhood? Is it? Your, gra- yes. your grass is pretty green. The neighbors that grow the grass down the street. Dude, Sarah is always she's, She is saving, single-handedly saving our lawn. Oh, really? I don't know if you remember when we moved into that house and it was like... It's a lot of brown patches. Desolate brown. Yeah. You walk in the grass and you get those like thorny spurs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, She is like fixed that whole really? thing. Yeah. Oh, I can't she's wait just, to see it. She goes out there and she'll like pull fucking weeds. Wow. And I'm, I'll look out the window. I'm like, baby, what are, you, what are you doing? Like we just got home and she'll like, hey, take the baby inside, do this. And I'll look outside and she's pulling fucking weeds wow. out of the ground. And like... Weeks later, I'll come back and look where she's pulled weeds, and I'm like, "Look at the grass that's fucking growing." That's how like she's life taking the works. shit that is ch- life finds, finds a way, finds a way. <laughs> and usually that way is my wife. She has found a way for life to bloom in our yard. So now, like, it's green and lush out front. Nice. It looks great. Uh, I, if it was up to me, it would be just sand. Yeah, and it gets everywhere. This is the editing bay oh, on the Next geez. Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. We'll dissect it, tear it apart, see what it did right, what it did wrong, and then try to put it back together. Maybe a little bit better than it was in the first place. Mm. Uh, this week, in honor of my daughter, yeah, celebrating her third birthday Aww. and having my father come into town. In fact, he was supposed to join us. But unfortunately, like I had a voice session today and yeah. a rehearsal for the show, and now here we are recording at like eleven, 11. o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. That's I what call, we do for our arts. I called my father on, on the way here. I called. It was like nine fifty or something, and I was like, "Hey, pop!" Uh, and he answers the phone. He's like, "Huh?" I was like, "Sorry, dude. I just want to let you know I'm going to pick you up tomorrow about nine a.m. 
Because my sister works. Uh, not that I have to give you guys my life story. All right. My sister's working. It's 9 a.m. So then? Pick, pick right. him up. On yeah. Tuesday? 9 a.m. on Got Tuesday. It. Got yeah. it. I'm going to pick him up. Writing it down. We're going to go to Allen and go oh. see Uncle Jay. Well, it's not his <sighs> Uncle Jay. It's my daughter's Uncle Jay. Oh. We don't call him Uncle Jay when she's not around. I just want, <laughs> yeah, he's not. I just want to explain. It's not that weird. He's that nobody's way. uncle. He's no one's uncle. He's a monkey's a uncle. monkey's uncle. That's racist. I think that's kind of a racist <laughs> term. If I think about it. Like Cut the, that part out, The Jeff. origins, the the etymology of Interesting. We should look that up dictionary yeah go go for it i will um so yeah this week i wanted to pick a movie uh that, that would that was about fathers and daughters and uh out of the wealth of other films that i could have chosen <laughs> i went with this movie uh because you said you'd never seen it we are we're both at one point or another fans of kevin smith <laughs> uh, past tense <laughs> who, are you no longer a fan of kevin well, smith officially I, or dude I can't, say, I can't say that i'm not mm-hmm. i can't say because that that's a double negative i do like that <laughs> tricky it's tricky <laughs> i like uh i like a lot of the stuff that he's done and i i respect him for what he's done where, absolutely where he's come from it was such a unique voice yeah mm-hmm. but unfortunately there are some projects where his voice rings true mm-hmm. more than others uh this time i don't know maybe not so much we're talking about his movie jersey girl which you could tell is kind of in a way it's an ode to his daughter mm-hmm. uh also an ode to his father Obviously, at the right. end when you see the credits start rolling, um, misguided, a bit of a misguided sure, effort. Sure, yeah. Uh, this this film starts in in one of those ways that really frustrates me, where it's like, so so it's this cute little montage of all these kids like telling uh, something about their family. Yeah, like they're they in wrote a, class a paper. Room, there's a teacher. They're all coming up one by one to uh, read little snippets. Yeah, it's and, almost like the beginning of When Harry Met Sally. And some of these kids are fucking adorable, trying to tell their little stories and a stuff. little Asian boy. Uh huh. He's cute. He's like, he's <laughs> funny. Uh, and then little Gertie Trinky gets up Weird to name, start telling her way. to start telling her story, and it's like. My father said he always loves living in New York or, or some shit like that. And then yeah. it, like, it fades into the story. And the reason that fucking frustrates the shit out of me is because <laughs> yeah. we never come back to that. Oh, that's like, right. There's no bookends. We've, we've started with this mm-hmm. where she's telling the story and we never have that moment where like, and that's this. It like, would be like if uh, in How I Met Your Mother, if we never went back to the two kids that yeah. he's telling the story to at the end. We, we never revisit them. Mm-hmm. It just turns into a sitcom where it's just about these people and they, like, they just jettison the whole search for, his mom, or for their mom. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they do that and that frustrates me. Another thing that frustrates me is the names of the fucking characters. Oh, he loves him some uh, pulling from from uh, biblical names or yeah. uh, or just books he's, he's well, read. Oliver Trinky. Yeah, that's that's that, not that's not a real name. It's not a real name. And then like her the the J Lo character name. Did you ever did you see what her name was? Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's something weird like that. Let me look at it one quick. It, it's it is... Gertrude Steiny. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Gertrude Steiny. We get it. We get and what she's you're doing. a book editor. You're very clever. <laughs> Now, for for a moment there, we have a couple of characters, one named Oliver, another named Arthur. And for a split second, I was like, is Kevin Smith, like, doffing his cap at DC Comics and referencing Oliver Queen and Arthur Curry? Yes, he is. Uh, And, yeah, as you said, he is. He's totally doing that. And then the George Carlin character who plays the grandfather has two best friends named Greeny and Block. Yeah. Not quite sure where those came from either. I I don't know, man. None of these are names. They're just uh, colors and objects. (laughs) 
What did you think about this film, man? Uh, well, okay, okay. So uh, yes, I also have a love hate relationship with Kevin Smith. I think uh, his strongest films were his earliest, where um, there was not a voice like his. Like I said, very unique. Senior year of high school, I guess, is when I first saw Clerks for the first time, and I remember Same something here. my mom had always said uh, just about cursing in general. And she always said, you know, people use bad words. It's like when they're 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 not smart enough to 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 use big words, right? So they right. have to debase themselves and uh, and the language, sure, and use uh, smaller words. Uh-huh. Like, I'm kind of like our president. Uh, <laughs> and then here comes this guy who's very eloquent, using you know sixty thousand dollar words, but he's dropping the f bomb left and right. And I was like, oh, this is unique. This isn't like anything I've heard. The, right. the characters that he writes, they talk in a way that you want to talk. Like with your friends, and sometimes do they talk about subjects? It's very sure. raunchy, very but very real, yeah, and uh, just something that nobody was really doing back then, right? Um, uh, <laughs> and now my problem with Kevin Smith comes because I feel like he never grew past no. that certain. He's still, I mean, look at a picture of him today. He's still wearing the big fucking hockey jersey. He's still got the jorts on, yeah, uh, and he's still making dick and fart jokes. He's, and he's, it's like he survived that heart attack. I mean, he survived that, yeah, quote unquote heart attack. If it actually was, whoa, I'm just kidding. Wow, I, I, I believe it was. <laughs> Poor Kevin uh, Yeah, hope you're in health. <laughs> Um, but um, Did you say you hope he's in hell. I hope he's. In- <laughs> I'll see you in health. Jesus, um, that's, that you said it, man. You said it, man. Nobody. That's fucks right, man. With the Kevin Smith. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen him grow up with us. Um, and I kind of thought movies like this, and he kind of started to with Dogma. Dogma is probably one of my favorite Kevin Smith films. Yeah, I love Dogma because it still had you know, his characters, still had Jan, Silent Bob, and uh-huh. still had some some jokes going on there. But was really kind of tackling some serious questions about faith and and uh, religion, uh-huh. um, and also doing with satire. And I, I think that's a more successful film than almost anything he's done since, it's save a, for Red State. It's a very thoughtful film, Dogma. Uh, it, it, even though it's that movie that, like, forty five minutes into it, a big monster made of shit, a big shit monster shows up. <laughs> Spoiler alert uh, for those but, who have not yet seen. But still, a really thoughtful movie. Mm-hmm. It's it, it is well done, and it pops off the screen. It's like a it's like a comic book of a movie. It, it is. It's really fun to watch. Got a great um, pace. I I do think Dogma is my favorite, but I do think his best film is Red State. Sure. Um, Red State because. Of the way that he's able to tackle the subject matter, mm-hmm. uh, the way that it unfolds, uh, and also he kind of embraced what Kevin Smith does best, and that's monologues. Yes. Like, Red State is yes. full of fucking monologues. That's there right. isn't a whole lot of dialogue between people. It is a bunch of monologues, and it's delivered by, I think, the best actors he could have gotten uh, to, to deliver them, and I can't remember. I think James it's Michael. Park. Uh, Jay, that's his name. Is yeah. it James or is it Michael Park? Michael Park might be Michael. Park. I think it's Michael Park. Let's go with that. Uh, and that guy just just chews up the Kevin Smith monologue, and he does such a great job with it. So good that they tried to recapture that lightning in a bottle with Tusk, and it's not as oh, successful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Red State is such a good fucking movie. Uh, but as far as like dialogue goes. The problem I have with Kevin Smith is that everyone sounds like Kevin Smith. Yes. That he, it, it, there's a scene in this movie in Jersey Girl where Oliver and Maya are sitting in a diner talking. No, Oliver like, is the Ben Affleck, the ben Affleck character. character. Maya is the uh, Liv, Liv Tyler. Tyler. Plays the love interest. They're in a diner and they're talking and I'm like, it's so annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Not, one, because the fucking scene is blown out. They're in front of a window 
and like the 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 light is just blowing out what's going on in the scene, and I'm like, man, you didn't even try to balance this. <laughs> and I know it's a really like snobby fucking thing to think while you're watching this movie. This is a visual medium, though. Um, but the scene between them, like just the dialogue, I'm like, nobody fucking no nobody talks like this. I'll you can make an argument that the Ben Affleck character could talk like this, mm-hmm. but like Liv Tyler's character yeah. has the same exact cadence, uses the same exact mm-hmm. words, has the same kind of delivery. But why does that work for for stuff like Mamet or for? Sorkin like those characters all sound like they're authors and yet we give them a pass because I think why I think that the reason we give Mamet a pass is because the way that it's constructed the dialogue is always like it's overlapping and yeah. people are and, and like it's, it's very much made for the stage mm-hmm. Mamet's scripts are always for the stage whereas Jersey Girl's not it's not it's not like that and I think that's kind of it's a mentality we go into when it comes to Mamet and even though Mamet's dialogue and Sorkin's dialogue sounds the same, there's still there's still something that's not too gender specific about it. Okay, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, like you could hear Sorkin's dialogue coming from a woman because I think Sorkin maybe has a little bit better of a grasp of how maybe a woman <laughs> would have said it. Not Kevin. Whereas Smith. Kevin Smith doesn't. Kevin no. Smith really doesn't. I don't want to say he doesn't know women. <laughs> but he doesn't quite get how women speak. Well, I'll say it, Joe, because not only does he not get how they speak, I don't think he gets how they think. Yeah. And we have another example here of, uh, well, two kind of female heroines, if you will. The the Jennifer Lopez character who shows up in the first 15 minutes. Why? Why does she even show up in this movie? I will get back to that, yes. Okay. But, then, but then also Liv Tyler, who in that aforementioned scene... Uh, like her whole solution to him not having had sex in seven it's, years is it's to fuck. She's like, get up, we're gonna go have sex right now. Yeah, and for, she works in like a, a blockbuster video uh-huh. or what we're supposed to believe, just like, like Jeff a video Anderson, store. just like uh, exactly, yeah, just like uh, what's his name, Randall, and and just very dude set and thinking like a guy, and he's not even really trying to find a female voice here. Um, ben Affleck is the main character, is is him, his proxy basically. Yeah, because he's he avatar says, in this film, he says he wrote this film like. Based on his own experiences, yeah. So apparently, a gorgeous woman like Liv Tyler had to beg him to fuck her. <laughs> yes, like, there's a scene where she is basically begging, like, yeah. more than once, like, basically trying, trying to like goad she's, him, she's talking him into it. You come on, just, just come on, sleep with me. I'm like, dude, what? This is science fiction. Where Liv Tyler is like, a, a, this beautiful woman works at a video store, and the next day, like, you met her one day, and then you go have drinks with her the next, and she's like, come on, I'm giving you a mercy fuck. Yeah. What? Also, do you want to sleep with a woman who's like, oh, you know what? Yeah. You haven't had sex in a while. We should go fuck now. It's like, uh, I'm going to just grab a box of condoms. Yeah, right? Quick. Can you uh, pee on this or <laughs> yeah. give me some blood for a second? I Not since Jennifer Aniston claimed to be into kung fu movies in the office space. <laughs> Has there been a more unrealistic portrayal of a woman on I screen? I love Kung Fu. No, not for a hot second nope. do I buy that. No, you don't. Uh, so there's a problem. But then, yes, let's talk about the beginning of this film. The It's not even the first act. It's it's almost like the cold open. Yeah. Uh, except it's like so a 15-minute long. After Gertie gets up and she's talking about her parents. This she's the little girl, Gertie, yeah. And it goes the Jersey this, girl. It goes in this fucking crane shot that goes through the window of a building. And that there's actually kind of nice this shot. Big, this big party going on. We didn't need to know... Any of this. We no. didn't need J-Lo in the fucking movie at all. And if we we're going to have her in the movie, maybe we tell this movie in a different way. Maybe telling it sequentially was the wrong fucking thing to do. Well, and this is the problem with, with Kevin Smith. You mentioned it before, that all he writes is monologues, right? Yeah. He's a great writer. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. No. He's very eloquent when he, when he writes some of these monologues. Uh, and mostly very well thought out. 
but he fails at a visual storyteller sometimes because he feels like he has to tell you everything. Uh-huh. And, and you know, we always say showing is better than telling, but sometimes when you're trying to tell, because the whole 15 minutes of this, the first 15 minutes, is to get the backstory of why the mother's dead, right? Yeah. Jennifer Lopez dies in childbirth. We don't, we don't need that. Think about the first 15 minutes of this movie. And, like, and we, up. We, yes! <laughs> compared to the first 10 minutes of Pixar's Up, which is done so beautifully. They don't have to say everything. You don't have to see them, uh, the doctor coming in and saying, oh, you have cancer, and what, I have cancer? Like, they just oh, what are we going to do about this cancer? Just, oh, man, the cancer's... Exactly. I think we got this cancer beat. We should go see another specialist about this cancer. Right, and so that's what this film does. Like, she's going into labor. We have to have a scene of them getting into the... Yeah, the, the hospital. The hospital. He's, he's, even though that's, that's really funny, where he goes to get her, and he's like, this is my wife... Honey, this is the horrible nurse that's been berating me. <laughs> right. Yes, it's like okay, that's actually kind Couple of, of moments kind here. of funny. But but just think about what a more skilled um, filmmaker would have done. Wouldn't have opened in it order to tell that story with with this whole story of Bennett. Like I honestly, I would have probably just had the movie open up where she's getting out of school. She sees her father there. He's got the street sweeper. They get in. And through the course of the story, we backstory. see that there's a sadness. We see that there's maybe like, yeah. he's trying to be the best father he can, but we see that there's a sadness there. Yeah. And if you want, you could pepper in some like flashbacks yeah, of like mommy or, or just Not hint even at that, it. just some place of dialogue. Just I'm just suddenly... saying, if you want to use the star power of J-Lo at the time, <laughs> which wasn't doing really good after G-Lo. Yeah, I was going to say. But if you want to use that star power, if they insist that she's going to be in the movie... You could pepper in a few little flashbacks, but you really don't need her. You don't need any of that. You just find out like, oh, well, daddy used to be this and he used to be that. And like, she finds some of this stuff and we find out like there's a part of him that really misses that life and he'd like to get back to it. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Well, Joe, you'll be glad to know that uh, based on the sour performance of Geely, also starring uh, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, that uh, there was supposed to be much more of them and her in this film. Wow. Uh, There were going to be reshoots. There was like... (laughs) Uh, two weeks of reshoots they had scheduled. Holy shit. Uh, because, you know, they were basing it off of, uh, hey, these guys are a hot couple. They're all over the place. We can use it to Everybody sell the movie. loves them. And then Geely came out. Everybody hated Geely. Uh, and then they broke up their engagement. And uh, so no more reshoots. Oh, yeah. And in fact, there's a, uh, a wedding scene that was shot of the two of them getting married. Holy shit. That uh, had to be exercised from this film. Oh, because, wow. Uh, a, little, a little awkward. A little awkward going into that. Is that why they, they threw in, like, the Liv Because also, I don't feel like the Liv Tyler love interest is necessary in it's this film. It's not. This really should have been a story about a father and his daughter. It would have been, yes. And you know what? There's a moment at the very end where uh, George Carlin is sitting at the bar. I know I'm, I'm jumping all the way to the fucking end of this movie, but George Carlin's sitting in a bar, mm-hmm. and, like... You know, Ben Affleck's looking at him. He's like, what? What's wrong? You know, you almost had us out of there and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know, I'm not really in a hurry for you guys to go. And Ben Affleck says something about like, you know what? You know, aren't you a little old to be living with your uh, living with your son? And he's like, it's not about, you know, being living alone. I'm just afraid to die alone. Like he says something along those lines. And Ben Affleck looks at him. He goes, you're not going anywhere, Pop. And gives him a kiss on the head before he goes to see Gertie. Now, first off, that started the tears because I (sighs) was like, I think of George Carlin, and I'm Me like, too. he's fucking gone, and you know? He's like, not that's, here. I know. That, that sucks. But then I think of, like, my family, and I think of, in that moment, I thought, that's what this movie should have been about this whole time. That's what this movie should have been about. Father, and, son. And it never, not father, son, son but daughter. just family, family, like generations. Right. Here's my father. Mm-hmm. This is me, and now this is my little girl. And do I want to have that relationship with her that me and my father had that's kind of strained, and no one, we never tell each other what we think or mm-hmm. what we feel. And then 
do I want to pass that on to her or do I want to impart something better on that? That's what this whole fucking movie should have been. Joe, any conflict in this film would have been great. There's the really no conflict. conflict. shows up a, an hour and five minutes into this movie. And it's not even all that satisfying because it's basically just, uh, poo-hoo, I don't have my career. I, 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 I threw my tr- career in the toilet because uh, I threw a press conference. Ben Affleck plays a, a PR, a, a publicist. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the stars, and they make references early on. Oh, Madonna! I got to get that Madonna press I, conference. I, out. I do love the George Michael quote. Yeah, he's, he's like, like that dude's what? all about pussy. George Michael, I want your sex. You think he's digging to a guy? <laughs> That's funny. I actually won tickets to see Kevin Smith by like submitting that quote. Oh, really? Yeah, D Magazine was like, submit your favorite Kevin Smith quote, uh, and uh, and whoever's best uh, will win tickets to see Kevin Smith doing his smodcast live. You got to deem it the best. And uh, it was D Magazine, basically, oh, whoever oh, okay. was the, the editor for D Magazine. And so I submitted. I was like, everyone's going to be submitting some Jay and Silent Bob shit. Yeah, snoochie I'm going to submit this thing from Jersey Girl because I do think that it's legitimately a funny-ass quote. And it won. I, I, I won the tickets. Nicely and, done. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, the ticket to see what? To see Kevin Smith do his uh, podcast live at oh. uh, the Granada. Oh, who were his guests? Uh, I remember that. I don't even remember, man. How How is he live? He's all right. I've seen him twice live. I saw him do his stand-up kind of thing yeah. at, at House of Blues. When he was and doing that his, was pretty cool. taping the, his show. The thing that bothered me about that was like every other question that somebody asked was like, will you sign my this or will you sign my that? And he was like, yeah, just lay it on the stage. I'll <laughs> I'll sign it at the end of the show. And like... At the end of the show, people were like just throwing shit like on the stage, and he came out and we like signed stuff. And I was like, nobody had any questions. To ask? No other questions to ask, man. There's plenty of stuff. Well, when when the guy's as verbose as Kevin Smith, like, what could you ask him that he hasn't already talked about? I mean, you could ask him three about Bruce TV Willis shows. because he never talks. Oh, about will that. he not talk about that? No, no, a contract he, did. Or something? he did. No, I'm, oh, okay. I'm kidding. He totally did. He always talks about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard him tell that fucking Edward Scissorhands story like three different times. The first DVD he put out where he was at the evening with Kevin Smith. Yep. That was fun. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think the success of that got to his head where he's like, oh, I could do this all what? the time. Kevin Smith doesn't have an ego. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing so, goes to his head. It was like he's an as humble evening, as the day is long. An evening two with Kevin Smith. And then yeah. a three evening with Kevin Smith. Yeah. I was like, dude, I, I, you know what? You did this really cool thing. It was really fun. Uh, let that go. Let it go. If you want to do it, don't make DVDs of it. Just go do it. But don't. Don't capitalize off that because yeah. it's, that's lame. We just want to see another movie. Exactly. We want to see what you do best. Clerks not this, 3. Not this Jersey Girl <laughs> shit. I like Clerks 2. Clerks 2 is awful. I know that's something that you and I are disagreeing Clerks 2 on. is an abomination. I like Clerks 2. I'll have to give it a second for shot. For one, maybe for one reason, the and pil- that's... Pillow pants. No, that's uh, <laughs> when, when Randall and Dante are uh, in jail. Yeah, yeah. And Dante starts getting on Randall about like, what the fuck, man? What were we doing with our fucking lives? We went to college. Remember when we finished, we did this and he references the first movie. And he's like, we, we said we were going to change our lives. We were going to do this. And we went to college and we took like two courses and we took fucking criminology. What the fuck were we got? Oh, that was Randall that was saying. He's like, we took fucking criminology. What were we trying to be? Batman? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> And, you know, it's the whole thing, the whole time Dante's talking about, like, you know, all you've ever done my entire life was bring me down. You just come with me everywhere I go and you bring me down. And Randall's like, the reason I come with you is because you're my best fucking friend. And I can't imagine my life without you. And if that means, like, you know, you, you, you talk about how much you hate the fucking quick stop. But the reason I love it is because that's where you are. Yeah. That's where we are. We're, you're my best fucking friend. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with this. And there was something about that scene where I'm like, it's sweet. Fucking A, man. That's a really good... That's a really good moment. Listen. Now, am I going <laughs> to... Am I sitting here justifying the entire movie based on that moment? Maybe I am. 
But but Clerks Two kind of speaks to me you on know, a deeper level. You can't say that he doesn't have heart, and it shows. It shows in Chasing Amy. We recently rewatched that. Um, does not hold up. Um, no. Still good, but um, yeah, that really th- falls apart in that third act. He's got a problem with third acts. Yeah, he, he, he really has a, know a hard time with wrapping wrapping shit up. up his, his sh- much like us in this podcast <laughs> at minute thirty five. Um, but. Um, yeah, and in the aforementioned dogma, and yeah. uh, definitely in Red State, and even in this, there's some sweet moments in here. Uh-huh. There, there's a couple of scenes where Ben Affleck and the daughter, um, who I, I don't know how he pulled the performance out of this little girl. She's she's a breath of she's fresh air. Good. I she's think. okay. He can barely direct adults, yeah. much less this kid. I think he got lucky with her. There's a weird thing about this movie, man, where I kind of feel like... I feel like it's, it's kind of swirling. <laughs> it's in a little bit of a downward spiral... Until we meet up with George Carlin, and I'm like, I love George Carlin's character. I fucking love Stephen Root in this movie. Oh my god, more Stephen Root. He's so yes. fucking good. But I don't know if you had this same experience as I did. The moment with Ben Affleck and Will Smith, where I kind of felt like in that moment, like you finally saw Ben Affleck have another competent performer yes. raise him up. Thank and like you. Tell him like, like yes. bring him bring him up a little bit because that scene between Deadshot and Batman mm-hmm. is, <laughs> is really nice. I, I wrote right here when Will Smith finally does show up and it's kind of like a running gag. Like he's the reason that uh, he lost his career because he badmouthed the Fresh Prince. He's like, he was never going to have a career. Yeah. Of course, this is back in what, 1994 before yes. Independence Day comes out. So we know how it plays out in reality. And then, yeah, Will Smith shows up in that end and just classes this movie the fuck up. It really does. And you're absolutely right. Ben Affleck is not as good in the rest of this film as he is in that scene. Uh-huh. Maybe some scenes with a little girl. But I was not digging him in this role. No. Joe, he is not a, a, a likable character. No, not at He's all. He's a fucking dick. Yeah, He the, is the an whole asshole throughout this entire movie. Like, when you, you've got a you've got a child, you're, you're widowed, and you have a child... And you bring this kid to live with your father, Mm -hmm. you and your father. Now, okay, first off, (laughs) he's this popular, high-powered music publicist who's married to a very successful book editor, Mm -hmm. which means right off the bat, they really shouldn't be hurting for money, right? power couple. And then she passes away. And I hate to be a dick about this. I hate to sound heartless, but like there would be... An inheritance, right? Like there'd be an insurance payoff. So they would actually, he'd be okay. I'm not saying he'd be good for the rest of his life. But he wouldn't have to move his child in with his father. Yeah, he should be able to just like get a nanny and do his job. I guess, you know, he was unemployed because this stunt ruined his career. No, but I'm saying like before this stunt happened. No. Like where he was just trying to balance everything and he's going home and his father was watching the daughter. That's right. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah, he should have been able to hire a nanny before (laughs) then. That's a good point. And this never happened. But I get it. For the sake of the story, this all happened. Introduce him to father. Uh, And so, but that whole moment, and I don't know if I had the same feeling before I became a father, Mm -hmm. but where he's like shaving and the baby's crying, he's like, Dad, baby's crying. Yes. And then he's downstairs making his coffee and he's like, Dad, baby's hungry. She should probably eat. And like, dude, and like, this is your fucking child. Why are you not at least, at least, even if her, if if George Carlin's character was at home, mm-hmm. at least get your daughter up, man. That's your kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, where is the, the the fact that there's no sentimentality, there's no passion for this little girl that is what remains of his wife that he loved so much. Right. There she is right there. Like, why... 
Why does it take you losing everything? Which, again, is another part of this movie that frustrates the fuck out of me. Right. Where it's like, I've been fired, and my wife is dead, and he finally has that moment with George Carlin. Like, they have their little talk. Right. And then he goes upstairs to the, the crib, and he's like, I'm going to be the best dad that <laughs> right. I can be. Yes. Like, fuck you, No, you man. had your chance. Right? And you've already been an absentee father through two-thirds of this film. So then... Then we have an Oliver Trinkie that has accepted his lot in life, mm-hmm. supposedly, and he's a street sweeper and he works for the gov- the the local government and he you know he works with his dad with his dad's friends, and he's done that for seven years. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been doing, and suddenly he gets an opportunity for like a job interview, and immediately is like fucking yelling at his his daughter and says like I know. I know I think some really rough shit sometimes. We all do. We all do. Especially uh, with children, I can only imagine. But I, I know I don't mean it. And I know I would never fucking say it out loud. Like, sometimes, man, Harper really loves Mommy. She really loves Mommy. And Mommy's sure, the, the Mommy's only, the like, Mommy. Mommy does everything right. And Daddy, she wants fucking nothing to do with of sometimes. Of course, yeah. And it, and it hurts. It hurts my feelings. But that's the role you have to play. Right. And, and Sarah reminds me all the time. She's like, dude, she's three. Just, you know, be cool. And sometimes when she says stuff or, or acts a certain way, I'm like, there it is. But I, don't, I would never in a million years tell her that- look at her and go, I hate you too, you little shit. You, you and your ru- mommy ruined my life. <laughs> what the fuck? And yes. I, I was starting to write my notes and Carlin comes up the stairs and goes, what the hell's the matter and with we're you? we're all thinking the same the thing same in the audience. Yep. Yeah, hard to believe this didn't really play with audiences very well, <laughs> know, by the way. Right? That he, but that's going back to the point that like he is not a... No. a, 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 a Sympathetic, uh, empathetic. Like, there's nothing that makes you feel for this character or his journey. You you don't care about it. Yes, him. you mentioned that that job opportunity that he finally gets what he's been waiting for. He's got another opportunity to get back to the life that he loved and doing the career that he wanted. And he's just gonna. Be, he's raised this child in New Jersey, where her school is, where her friends are, where her family is, and he's just gonna pick her up and move to New York. There's never a question of. Oh well, Gertie, I don't know what I'm going to tell her. It's just like yeah. he he it's gets just, off the phone and he's like, "Guess what? We're moving to New York." And she flat out tells happen. him, "Like, I don't want to." <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck you, cunt!" Dude, what else does he throw at there? He also says, "Like, no, you're going to take the subway to school. It's going to be great." Yes. She's fucking seven years old, man. <laughs> and he's like, "You said you love New York," and she's like, "No, I didn't." She literally didn't either. <laughs> she, she never There's did. The scene where she's like, eh, "It's okay, but yeah. I miss my whatever." Yeah. So I, I get it. Uh, I guess the bigger point here is. Kevin Smith admittedly says that like he wrote this script based on you know his life experiences and and his relationship with his daughter, to which I would say I'd play that a little close to the vest because this does not paint you in a very positive light. No, like, if this is you, then uh, yeah, you're 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 a bit of an asshole, Kevin Smith. Poor daughter. Yeah, <laughs> poor Harley Quinn. And- she shows up in the movie too, by the way. Oh, does she? She's one of the kids that Dude, performs cats. Fucking at Kevin the end. Smith has got to stop putting his family members in his movies. Oh, yes, that's his right. His fucking wife, wife shows up and she so sticks out like a sore thumb. She's so bad. Remember when he tried to cast her as like, oh, she, she's just one of the hot girls along with Eliza Dukeshoot <laughs> and Shannon Elizabeth. And Allie Larder. And Allie Larder. No! And then there's the fourth one and you're like, what anybody who watches movies be like, yeah, who, what, what happened? What, who is this? Who, who won a contest? <laughs> Got to be cast in this movie. Well, it's called Kevin Smith's wife, and I'm sure I'm sure she's a lovely person, but you can't put her next to like even the guy who plays like the delivery, the FedEx delivery guy, is running circles around her in that yeah. scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> who please delivers the diapers. The guy with the weird like yeah cleft 
palate or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I don't think that's how you do it. I don't think that's how you do it. <laughs> You're supposed to wipe front to back. But he looks like fucking Robert De Niro compared yeah, he does. to compared Oh, to yeah, him. he does. Uh, how about but, when Jason Lee and Matt Damon show up in this movie? For <laughs> that's always nice. Matt Damon looks like he's trying not to crack the entire time. <laughs> they both do. Uh, and and, and uh, Jason Lee calls him Reynolds. Yes. Jason Lee fits a Burt Reynolds reference <laughs> into every fucking thing he does. Uh, that was fun to see. That would have been nice to have a little bit more of them, to have more Jason Lee. For no reason at all, just to have a little bit more Jason Lee. But you know what we get more of? Jason Biggs. Yeah, odd casting. And actually, Jason Lee did audition for that role, and I, Jason Biggs got it instead. I feel like that was a mercy role for, for Jason Biggs oh, after really? Kevin Smith cast him as the pie fucker Jason Biggs like <laughs> that's hard that, sometimes you get in a role and it's like a career killer kind of thing oh uh, yeah you think, the, I, you think that was his career I feel killer? like the I'm the pie fucker did not do him any favors but it was his role in three American right, Pie movies then, that did that not Kevin Smith calling but, it out but for that for him to call it out and for him to play that role yeah. is like I'm the pie fucker yeah, I like it when a, an actor can laugh at but himself. do you think like casting directors are going you know what we need to get that Jason Biggs back I think people were thinking that before let's put him in Saving Silverman first of all I think you're overestimating how many people actually saw Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> save the universe what's it strike called Strike Back Jay and Silent Bob versus the world it's, it's like a Star Wars movie yeah. it's like Strike Back oh I get it yeah. Yeah. get it Oh, poor Mark Hamill. <laughs> poor Mark Hamill is cockknocker. Yeah, that is an embarrassment <laughs> for him and his. Uh, I, You're yeah. right. It's so much worse than him drinking blue milk. Remember when we were talking a, about a big monster? That's a, tit. that's a funny scene. Remember when we were talking last week in our? Um, I do remember. We talked last our week. Dragonheart episode about how Sean Connery during his like Oscar <laughs> post mortem. Could you please get your buttocks <laughs> off my tongue? That would be the the clip that they would use at Mark Hamill's funeral uh. of him as cockknocker. <laughs> From Jay and Silent Bob, fuck, fuck the universe, whatever it's called. Do you um, think Kevin Smith knows that composers actually make music for movies? <laughs> <laughs> that they score? There, there are people out there that you could pay to score your film. Not just your friends? Not you don't ju- have to call in favors? N- not just your friends. And you don't have to do like the shitty like 90s like soundtrack shit where you have like a fucking song for every moment. It's music. Every moment. Dude, there's... A- for someone who likes to write fucking monologues and dialogues so much, mm-hmm. there's a fucking moment in this movie where Ben Affleck kind of finds his own as a city employee mm-hmm. and like nuts up and goes to the town hall meeting and talks about like why they deserve to have a permit uh, to uh, shut down the road. Uh, and he starts talking and he gets gone and then suddenly music starts playing. It's like and the we Oscars, don't he's being what he's played saying. off. Right? And I'm like, what the fuck? Wouldn't it be great if we could hear what the and, fuck he says? And then we cut to a scene where he's <laughs> telling Liv Tyler, like, you should have been there. I had this this great impassioned speech where all these words just started pouring out of me. And I'm like, would have been great to see. <laughs> Would have been great to hear everything else we see in this film. All the superfluous shit up front, where I'm talking about. Oh, you don't need to see it all. You don't need to hear it all. Just masterfully show it. And then here's the one time when you can actually let's actually hear the words that you wrote that yeah. we wanted to say. Uh-huh. Nope, we're gonna we're gonna turn it into a montage. Oh yeah, yes, that was infuriating. <laughs> and then he gets caught. Isn't that where he gets caught at the end? Where he's trying to drive back home, and there's the road is shut down, and it's work. Oh, yeah. It's worked against him yeah. for some reason. It's a weird. That's a weird thing. There, there are a lot of weird choices where you know obstacles just kind of pop up in front of people for no reason at all. Like the the fact that the fucking job interview and his daughter's show are on the same day, and it's a fucking yeah. Monday. And it's like, uh, oh, your your interview's at four o'clock. 
and your daughter's show starts at 5, five. o'clock. Well, that's very convenient. Oh, there's no way you'll make it back into town. There's no way you're going to make it back from the city. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why wouldn't he just like call the guy back and go, hey, you know hey, what? Listen, four I have a thing work. going on with my daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter is a deal. I don't think there's an employer in the world that's going to go, ah. Fuck you. Also, what school is starting like, you know, the, the a talent, talent show. show at five o'clock on a Monday? <laughs> like, isn't that stuff usually like seven, seven o'clock, o'clock on Thursdays? Seven o'clock. So that Thursday, families... Wednesdays, Thursdays, something like that. Exactly. So yeah. families can come out and see it. No, it's it's Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's a, again, that's a stupid nitpicky thing. No, it's they not. Picked no. Any day, honestly. But still, but that's, that is, that speaks to um, the, the plot really not being worked out here. Uh, what little plot there is, because like we said, there's no conflict in this movie. It's a series of unfortunate events. Yes, uh, and Ben Flack just being a dick. Uh, ben Flack. We yeah, that's fine. Ben Flack. Ben Flack. Fo- ben Flack five. Ben Flack folds. <laughs> ben Flack folds. <laughs> so that's... my, uh, we've talked to people online uh, in our community mm-hmm. on our Facebook page, Facebook dot com slash editing bay. People write, and we get we get some cool comments. And one of the most popular comments is folks that are like, "Hey, look, dude." You know, I don't really nitpick it. It's either it's an entertaining movie or it isn't. And there's a lot of credence to that. That's got a lot of weight, and it's very true. But one of the things that I just can't stand when I'm watching a movie, it's it's easily avoidable conflict. Like, I really want you to be smarter than that. If two characters could just sit down and have a conversation, and this could all be worked out, then your story isn't that great. It it isn't. Uh, And that's kind of how I feel about every bit of conflict that they try to conjure up in this film. Why did you say Martha? <laughs> point, case in points. So, like, your and, mom's name is and, Martha too. Uh, you've killed me. <laughs> uh, so, no, but everything like there's there's this whole moment just to go back to him and J Lo being together for a moment in this yeah, film, unbelievable. Where they're they're standing in front of like the the bathroom mirror and they're just like they're arguing about like you've been home all day and you wait twenty minutes before yes. the event and this is the one day that you're I can get fired for the, not being on time and I'm like signs really? that he's it's already the, an unfit father. It's yeah. the video fucking music awards. Who's gonna fire? <laughs> you because you're late to the video music or also why the fuck does she have to go anyway yeah she could just stay home Can she meet you there or, or stay home you, yeah. like you have to go she doesn't have to go and it doesn't seem like she wants to fucking go <laughs> so why don't you just fucking go to this fucking shit i do i i am not a big fan of jennifer lopez but they do have a moment together in that in that scene where she starts, she crying, starts crying and she's like yeah. i'm so Fat and they're so skinny, and he looks at it and he goes, "It's just because they're all coked out whores." <laughs> yes. I want to be a coked out whore. You could be a coked out whore. I laughed. I, I legitimately laughed at that moment. Every now and then, there's a few moments in there where you're like, "Okay, you can be sweet, funny." And I appreciate that Kevin Smith was trying to branch out here. He'd done a bunch of like you know juvenile comedies with you know about drug dealers and and yeah. you know people talking about sex, and he wants to grow up a little bit. He's got a family. He's got a daughter of his own. He wants to tell a personal story. That's fine. But I feel like he wanted this movie to be like... like He was like he wanted it to be everything. I feel like he saw like Hope Floats and was yeah. like, I need to make a movie like this. That and is and writing down like, what are the beats and how do I match it? Exactly. Because this is like... It, it, it is like someone just gave him like the ingredients and he just threw it in a pot oh. and didn't like... He didn't pay attention to the recipe, just yes. the ingredients. That's and a was nice like, way of saying boom. It. Complete with like the musical number, the requisite musical number. Oh my that God. he has to run to. Yes. Oh, I gotta catch it in time, dude. Where he's running through the the halls of his high school, mm-hmm. screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> uh, but like he's running through the hall and he just like drops his jacket as he's running down the hall. I'm like, 
Why the fuck did you drop your jacket? What? Yeah, just take you that can't with you. run as fast with your fucking jacket <laughs> on. Really causing a lot of drag. <laughs> uh, so and then like always constantly in this movie, cutting to a fucking musical interlude. Fucking mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks landslide when he's trying to. Th- yeah. he, he's had the fight with his daughter, and then he goes. He goes to the fucking video store, and he's talking to Liv Tyler, and he's like, "So uh, I missed you the other night. You just took off without saying anything." I'm like. Motherfucker, you told a seven-year-old girl that, that you was... hated her <laughs> yes. and regretted her being alive. She was reading the cues. Like, that's... Yeah, she did the right thing. She fucking peaced out yeah. because you acted like a fucking asshole. The fact that she's even talking to you right now. <laughs> Which bothers me. Like, I felt yeah. like that character had so much potential to be more, to drive him to she be a better person. She been the moral center that yeah. he could like, oh, I, I see the air in my ways, thanks to you, Liv Tyler. But it's hard to do that. gives him a pass. It's hard to do that when she's the character that's like, come on, let's just go fuck. Exactly. I've known yeah. you for 20 hours. Let's, yeah. let's go do this. I'm in my 30s, but I work at a blockbuster. <laughs> it's cool. I'm just as worthy of raising your daughter as J-Lo was. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes and talks to her, and then we have this Stevie Nicks landslide moment where like mm-hmm. he's all like, reflective and he's sitting in the Life graveyard dissolves. looking at Gertie's grave and mm-hmm. shit. And then what does he decide to do? Go do the job interview. <laughs> right. like, I'm going to go to the job right. interview anyway. Yeah, it's like, what did we learn at the end of this? I mean, I guess... <laughs> the fact that he learns this lesson from Will Smith. Who's yeah, like, I know. Will Smith's like, man, I'll tell you, if I was smart, I'd be home playing in the dirt with my kid right now. That's right. And there was a part of me went, why the fuck aren't you? Yeah, you I like, thought about why, that too. I was like, if you're you Will Smith it? and you're reading this this script where somebody has written you, like this is you, this isn't a character <laughs> yes. you're playing. And, talking, and it's all great up until that point. It's like, man, yeah, if you're a lot smarter, I wouldn't be here. I'd be saying, like, as you're reading those lines, <laughs> yes. like a single tear just drops. Like, Thank you, Kevin Smith, for showing me the air. You know what? Ways. I think I I'm should gonna, be home. I'm going to be home now in with fact, my kids. I'm not going to star in your shitty B movie because I'm going to go home and play in the dirt with my daughter. <laughs> And you know he wrote that scene just so they could have that comeback line at the end where it comes back around. It's like, where are you going? I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go play in the dirt with my kid. I just, just a guy who'd rather play in the dirt with his daughter. Yeah. I'm just a guy looking at a girl asking, <laughs> asking him her to, to play in the dirt. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I... And, you know, there was... There was a, a wasted potential, a missed opportunity, rather, where they could have ended this movie where, like, in some way, shape, or form, like, he leaves that fucking interview and he's like... Because he tells Will Smith, I'm a publicist. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he leaves. And maybe, like, they could have had the receptionist go, oh, they're ready for your interview now. And he'd be like, no, I'm okay. I'm just a guy who wants to go play in the dirt with my kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, leaves. And maybe it's like, Will Smith seeks this guy out. Like, like a like, Jerry Maguire like, moment, he, right? He becomes his publicist. Like, I thought they were leading no that way, no other too. clients, but he has the fucking biggest client in the world. Show me the money. With Will Smith. Yeah. And there you go. Like, that's... So he kind of gets to have his cake and eat it too, sort of, at the end of the movie. That's where I thought it was going to. Maybe. It's not what's important. Again, bringing it all back, the most important thing about a movie like this, the message you're trying to send is Mm -hmm. family and how you learn. I don't mind if he's kind of abhorrent at the beginning and then learns to be a better father. We all are. to be a good father. Mm -hmm. I know I go through it. There are a couple things that happen in this movie that kind of... Ooh, it, it cuts deep, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, I, yeah. I, I've seen some of that stuff in me sometimes, and wow, that it's definitely teaching me how not to be a father. <laughs> <this stuff. laughs> That's true. Um, but like the the moment that they got right is daddy and daughter dancing at the end as everything fades to black. That was a nice last scene. That's, yes, that's a fantastic last scene. If your entire movie 
served lives up to, to it. that. Exactly. It led you to that. And nothing in this film leads you to that conclusion. No, and more infuriating is the scene that comes prior to that where uh, he, he's finally come around. He's seen the air of his ways. Gertie's asleep in the bed. He goes upstairs, sits on her bed. <laughs> he's looking at the Jen Jenna Fleck. J-Lo, sorry. Ooh, Jen Affleck. That's their power couple. Jen Affleck was good. I like that. Um, what was their power couple's name? Um, was it Jennifer? Uh, Benifer. Benifer. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was I Benifer. Like, I like Jen Affleck. Better. I like Jen Affleck as well. It's probably already taken. Um, looks at the picture of J-Lo, and she wakes up, and he's like, oh, um, I'm sorry, baby. And then he, he hugs her. It's not in that same scene, but it's later on. He hugs her, and he says, he looks at her, and he says, you're the only thing I've ever been any been good, good at. Except he Except wasn't. He wasn't. He's the he fucking was, worst he's father the worst there is. Father he's an absentee father. You're abs- he <laughs> he's an absentee landlord. <laughs> he called her. What did he say? He told her she ruined his life. He, he wants to move he her. He hated her, you little her. shit. <laughs> I hate you right back, you little shit. Yes. You don't get to come back from that. There are some things you cannot do. As a character in a movie, there are some things you cannot do. Killing a puppy, yelling at a child and saying that you hate her back, you little shit. There are just some things you can't come back from. Gertie should be a stripper. That should be the, be. the, uh, the prologue. She will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. They're like, really? That's 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 your line that we're supposed to... Ju- oh, yeah, you're right. You really were good at being Father Ben Affleck. No, <laughs> yes, you were no. horrible. Horrible. A horrible dad. You should have your child taken away. George Carlin... Should have taken her. Should have. It would have yeah. been a, ten times the father you were. That's, and he's dead. And it's just it just kills me, man. That wasted potential of George Carlin being in this movie. He's really sweet. And you should thing. have seen... There should have been so much more. There should have been more development of the, the characters of the... You know, there should have been that... That breakdown where Ben Affleck's finally, you know, he's finally letting all those feelings and all those emotions come to the surface. I mean, you've got a widowed father in in the George Carlin character. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something that they could have fucking connected over. And this, oh my God, it just kills me that you have the building blocks for something that could have been so much better. And it it, it just fucking pissed it away. Because he he had to have a five-minute scene where... Liv Tyler is trying to talk him into fucking her. That and then we had to stage Sweeney Todd. That that went on way too long. It went on long. It was adorable when she turns around and sees him there. Cool moment. Yeah, like that could have been in it. That moment could have still been in this movie if it was a better movie leading up to that moment. Agreed. What did you think of the little girl? By the way, I, I, I thought, thought that I thought she was great. What's her name? Raquel Castro. Sure. Uh, I thought she was okay. I think she wasn't any better or any worse than most child actors that I see. I think she had a cute look. Uh, she ended up on The Voice like many years yeah, after that. that. She was on The Voice. Um, I think that she's she's good as as a kid actress. You could tell like there there are moments where how do I want to say this? Well, child actors have come a long way even since then. Yes, in two thousand four, um, I agree. But but I would say with a director like Kevin Smith. Uh, like you know, you don't have J.J. Abrams working with these children. Yeah, like he's great at directing children. Steven Spielberg is great. Everybody knows. Yeah, uh, Kevin Smith. I don't know. Has he worked with kids before this? Uh, no. The only kids that I could think of were in Mallrats with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> it's a schooner. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess with with what she's got with the director that she was given, <laughs> she does a good job. I hate saying it like that because I do like Kevin Smith. I appreciate him. I, I there's something about me that like I. 
I think we all I see feel, ourselves a little yeah, bit. A little bit, yeah. Like I, Our I hear generation. the stories. The stuff that he's done, the, the Tim Burton stories about Superman and mm-hmm. like, you know, ideally, I guess Tim Burton's idea of Superman is like with scissors for hands fighting giant spiders. And that's funny. And I get it. And I understand where these Hollywood stories are coming from. And Kevin Smith kind of represents like you, represents me, that, that schmo that has like... A vision, mm-hmm. like we want something, we want to do something. We've got scripts, we've got films that we've made, and all we need is for someone to see it. But someone saw his and gave him a chance, and he took that. And he ended up making some decent, entertaining films. Absolutely. But then, when you try to like really put your heart into something and tell us, like, to to reveal yourself, and that's one of the things that kind of hurts about criticizing this movie mm-hmm. because he's obviously trying to like. He's trying to right. reveal something about himself. He's trying to share, open up and share. And here we are basically saying, yeah, well, <laughs> what you're sharing sucks. We're rejecting it. We're rejecting it. But I'm not like, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm disappointed because you're capable of doing better than what you gave us. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree. He, he And he has done more good than he's done bad, I would say, in his sure. career. Yeah. Um, he his His voice, I think, is felt through... All other forms of media, it certainly had an impression on our generation. Yeah, um, and and I think uh, the world of film is better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in a moment like this, where th- this really wasn't his forte, no, and uh, he needs to stop putting his family members in his films, and he needs to stop editing his own films. He needs and he he needs a partner to kind of he needs somebody yes. to tell him when to cut those scenes and, yeah. and how an objective person would look at this character. Uh-huh. Hey, maybe uh, maybe don't call your daughter a little shit in this. Maybe right. we don't have the hero of our film be such a colossal dick. I absolutely agree. I think that him having a creative partner, and I think he had that with Scott Moser. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Moser was on board with this film, if he, if he worked with him so. on this I didn't one. see his name on this. But he worked with Scott Moser. I think, I think Scott Moser kind of kept him balanced creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there needed to be something else. Like There's almost a, a sense to Kevin Smith when you're working on one of his films that almost maybe rings similar to, to, to Lucas, where it's like oh, yeah. you couldn't tell him no, you can't tell him no. Right. Uh, but I, I do feel like something like Jersey Girl would have worked if someone else would have been given... A little bit of control of the script. If somebody else would have said, "No, we need to take a, a doctor to this," like, and we need to we need to punch this up a little bit. Scott Mosier, producer on New Jersey Girl. Well, there you go. So he's somehow involved, but not enough. Man, so uh, so let's let's go through the cast of this movie. <laughs> okay. So we've got Ben Affleck, and I think we both agree Ben Affleck uh, under delivers until we role. until we get to the end. Uh, just as far as his performance, not the way it's written, but his performance. Is he underdelivers until we get to the end with Will Smith, and we're like, oh yeah, there's the Ben Affleck that you know wins Oscars for right. or is nominated even for performances. Mm-hmm. There's the Ben Affleck that we know because I, I do like Ben Affleck for the most part. I think Me he's too. a good actor. I agree. Uh, I think sometimes he's he gets a little oversaturated, and so people get sick of him. But I think that there's a reason for that. He is talented. Mm-hmm. Um, Liv Tyler, her character. Her and character her, and or her, her as an acting. actress. Uh, she, you know what? I actually enjoyed her more than I have enjoyed her in other things, and I thought she was she was fine here, uh, given what she was given. Um, she's bubbly enough. She's likable enough. She's believable. I thought the two of them had fairly good chemistry. Um, From Armageddon. I just don't, yeah, I know. I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> an animal crackers. Where the animal crackers come out. Um, but uh, I just think her character was so one-dimensional and clearly written from a man's point of view that uh, it's hard to relate to that character. She's clearly there just to kind of be his muse. Yeah. His, his Jason, Jason muse. muse. <laughs> uh, 
what about Steven Root and the other guy that plays Block? Oh, dude, Mike uh, Mike Starr. Oh, okay, yeah, it's I didn't great remember seeing name. those guys. Yeah, well, they, like he's from any number of uh, you know Sopranos monster yeah. shows. Yeah, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Uh, but yeah, the, the the times that they're on screen, he's in uh, are great Dumb and Dumber. He's one of, like it the, was it Dumb and Dumber, the hitman right. or whatever yeah, that's, that's riding exactly with them. Who he was. Yeah. Um. So, the, anytime they're they're together, it's like gold. Oh yeah. Like fucking Stephen Root, Root, where he's like, "Boys cutting a rug," <laughs> and like fucking Carlin is constantly like, "What are you fucking Connie Chung?" <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he probably has what like ten words, yes. well, not lines, words in this film, and he makes each and every one of them count. He's really good. What about George Carlin? Uh, George Carlin, man, it was so. Was this like his last? I think it, role? I think it was. Yeah. So, what a way to go out, man! This is George Carlin the way we want to remember him. Like, yeah, it was heartfelt. So believable. You, you want so him to natural. be your dad. <laughs> I wish he were my dad, man. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, sorry. No offense to my actual dad. dad. <laughs> um, but in an alternate universe where my dad cursed a lot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so lovable. And the, the scenes with him and the little girl just tug at your heartstrings. And the moments when he has to find it, smack Ben Affleck down and yeah. tell him, like, just man up and grow a pair of balls and be a father. Right. Uh, he hits all the right he notes does. in this film. Really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, J Lo could have been replaced with anybody. Yep, honestly, that yep. she could have been replaced she with didn't do any other actress. Doesn't do anything. Uh, and again, the 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 role is really unnecessary. It's unbe- It's almost unbelievable that they were engaged in real life because normally, like when you see stuff like that, like when you go back and watch Mister and Mrs. Smith, yeah, and you, you see, see that chemistry between like, Brad Pitt oh, and clearly Angelina Brad Jolie. Pitt and fucking Angelina. Yeah, there was something going on. If there wasn't something going on, there should have been <laughs> something been. going on because it sure looks like there are moments there was where they probably going on. They should have called cut and like those two just yep. started fucking yep. on the set. There probably was. Yeah. Uh, and this, it's like really these people were. Claim to be in love, right? Uh, I, I don't know whether this is true or not because Jenna kind of asked me. She was like, "What happened with that?" And you know, how did they? Why did they ever break up? And the story I heard somewhere through some you know page six tabloid was that uh, Matt Damon and, and a few of other Ben Affleck's friends uh, had to have an intervention. Oh, she had to sit down with him and say, "Dude, what are you doing? Don't throw your life away." <laughs> Look at Jennifer Garner over here. She's ten times the woman. That... Fuck up her life instead. Yeah, she... <laughs> yes. But. Uh... That's that's what I was told, and I'm not sure whether that's that's true or not, yeah. but I believe it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, bullet dodged, because they just don't look like they're having any they fun together. They don't seem compatible. It's so odd to me. Yeah. It seems like a Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman arranged a marriage. Throughout this film, like I could tell seven years have passed. Like, when I look at Ben Affleck, I'm like, okay, I buy seven years have passed for this character. Then we come back and see Jason Biggs seven years later, and I'm like, it just looks like they put his dad's coat He's on still him. Still wearing oversized <laughs> yes. shirts. He's got the, got the Jufro. I just, I just don't buy that. Uh, all right, so would you recommend at all Jersey Girl? Um, I mean, there. Are, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, yeah, there, there are moments here where you get to hear his signature dialogue. He's got some... But even that's not enough to save it, because ultimately the story and the characters... You're, you're not rooting for Ben Affleck. No. And there's no conflict... You could kind of give a shit about what happens in this film, and that's where I found myself. I'm like, what, what, why do I care? Why should I care about any of this? Let me put it like this. There is, up to this point, there's always a moment in a Kevin Smith movie that like is memorable and sticks with you long after you've watched it. Clerks, you had the, the talk about like the contractors on the Death Star. <laughs> uh, Mallrats, 
You had the uh, the bit with Jason Lee playing his hockey game. You also had mm. there's there's a bunch of moments actually when you think I about like Mallrats. There's a lot of moments. Whether the movie itself is great, there's a lot of memorable moments in it. Chasing Amy. You've got the um what's what's his name uh something X. Oh God, I can't remember his name now. Where he's talking oh, about uh, it's like not Malcolm X gentrification. Hooper X. Hooper X. Uh, you've got that. You've also got like Jason Lee with his whole, here's a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. And here's like, you know, the Santa angry, Claus, the yeah. Easter bunny and angry man hating uh, lesbian. Mm. And then a non uh, agenda yeah. lipstick lesbian here who gets the dollar bill. <laughs> and Ben Affleck's like the, the, the man hating lesbian. Yeah. That's right. You know why? Because the other three are figments of your fucking imagination. <laughs> yeah, that's a great uh, It's a, a super moment. Even then Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. They all have moments this movie does not have a moment. I agree. It does, and it, unless um, the Will Smith Ben Affleck part that's is the about closest the closest thing. you but come to it. But that's because of Will Smith. Yeah, not because of it anything. It really is. I mean, actually, that's a nice little monologue too. Uh, but it's really his delivery of it. He, yeah. I'm telling you, he classed that movie up he did. by like tenfold. He really the did. He uh, I, I did, however, appreciate the fact that they go into the video store and she's like, "How about this one?" And it's Men in Black, yeah. and he throws it. He's yeah. like, "No." I was like, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, all right. I, um, oh, dude, I, I don't know if I could recommend this. Even yeah. if you're a Kevin Smith fan, I yeah. don't know if I could it's recommend tough. it. Uh, the, the cute moments that they have and the Will Smith moment just don't justify spending an hour and 45 minutes watching this yeah. movie. Because really, who's, who's the audience for I don't, this? I, I, it's not it's, Kevin Smith fans. No. It's not rom-com fans. You can't take your date to this. No. It's not J-Lo fans. Yeah, it's not George Carlin the, fans. The kind of women that would go see Made in America or whatever. <laughs> They're not going to watch this Which, movie. By the way, uh, we have uh, Kevin Smith's wife to thank for that, by the way, <laughs> because based on her performance in Made of America, yeah. Jennifer, she was like, let's get... Schwalbach was like, oh, she's she's great. She's great. Let's get her. Put her in your movie, honey. Monster-in-law. No. Uh, all right. So if we were going to remake Jersey Girl, hmm. how would we do that, Joel? I have recast one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, because I did the two... Uh, I did eight. I did the uncles. Oh, I, who am I, I missing then? Eight. Let's start at your bottom of the list then. Did you recast Will Smith? Uh, I did not recast Will Smith. Oh. That's who you've got there. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. I recast Will Smith... With another person that maybe you saw them in their first outing and thought, oh, they're not really going to be much, and now have become one of the big superstars of today, Zac Efron. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Good mm-hmm. point. Oh, I'm going to do I'm gonna do Kevin Hart. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So where do you want to start with us? I've got uh, Mike Starr and Steven Roots. Okay, the, Greeny the, and Block. The uncles. Okay. Uh, George Carlin's friends. Uh-huh. Um, so for Mike Starr, he's he's the big kind of overweight guy, the, uh-huh. the soprano guy. I'm gonna Block. Do, I'm going to do Jeff Garland. Okay. And that. And then for Steven Root, how about Tim Blake Nelson? Oh, he's, I like it. Yeah, the, the scrawnier guy from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's really good. Uh, my Block, played by Ernie Hudson. <laughs> my my Greeny, played by Bill Murray. Ooh, I see. Do you have a theme here? Or Not really. Just no, just the two of them. Just they're in there. Oh, I love that. Uh huh. All right. Well, how about the uh, George Carr? Well, actually, let's. Do, you want to do J Lo? Uh, yeah, let's do J Lo. The Jennifer Lopez, Gertrude Steiny, Gertrude Steiny. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Marina Bakrin, somebody else who's used to being killed off in her movies. Oh, that's good. I went with uh, another Latino babe, of course, uh, who was also in a previous Kevin Smith movie, Clerks Two, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, mm. oh, very strong. Yeah, Marina Bakrin's good too. Thank though, you, thank it? you, thank you. Kiss me like you miss me. Oh, kiss me like you miss me, Red. Uh, let's do George oh, Carlin. Bart Bart Trinky. Bart. So we're gonna go to him instead of Maya. Did you Did you want to save Maya for the end? 
Uh, oh, the, the oh, Liv Tyler character? Oh, sure. Well, okay, we can do her. We can do her. Because I'm just, uh, I just threw Lizzie Kaplan in there. Li- Ooh, very nice. I went with another Lizzie, a Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like yours way better there. Thank you. Okay. It's not to like. I did not recast Gertie, the little girl. No, I didn't, no, even... I didn't either. We'll get Dora the Explorer. That's what show. There we go. Did you cast the Jason Biggs character? Uh, oh, I did not. Oh. Okay, Arthur Brickman. Arthur Brickman. I, uh, hmm. I recast with Anna Kendrick. Okay. Oh, we're going female for that one. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. I'm going to do... Um, Adam Scott. Adam Scott's Let's great. Adam Scott. Adam Scott's great. Thank you, Okay. So, uh, so now... Here we, we go. Could do, we could do Bart. Finally. Uh, I went with... Um, I went with Robert De Niro. Yeah? yeah. That's good. Strong actor. Can it's, do comedy. Uh-huh. Tell Ben Affleck where to shove it. I went Dan Aykroyd. Oh, okay. you got the whole Ghostbusters cast well, in there, huh? Except for you know, yeah, the, the Harold, the one who's no longer with us. <laughs> I guess that's Gertie. Uh, <laughs> cast Gertie. So, but but it makes sense for me because the guy I cast is Oliver Trinkey. Mm-hmm. I feel like is a young Dan Aykroyd in Bill Hader. Oh my god! So I think they would work well as a oh, father I like and son that, combo, dude. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, he'd be a nice sympathetic father. Directed by Jason Reitman. Of course. There you yeah. go. Oh, I love it. Keeping it in the family. That's right. Uh, I went with um, John Krasinski. Krasinski is that how you say his name from John. The Office? That's good. Yeah. And, uh, a Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. Yeah, check nope. that movie out. We're at the Quiet strong. Place. He's going to have a quite a career for him. <laughs> As uh, if he hasn't. He's playing Jack Ryan now on the Amazon series. I heard about yeah. that. It's weird that he's like turning Set into this action, action star. star. Yeah. yeah, man. Uh, and my director, of course, is Judd Apatow. That's great. Somebody who knows how to do heart and comedy. Guys, if you uh, if you have any ideas on how you would recast Jersey Girl or just thoughts about Jersey Girl in general, you could talk back to us on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash editingbay, or uh, just put Editing Bay in the search function. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you could talk back to us. Again, if you've got ideas for movies, we're always looking for more ideas for movies to watch. Uh, go ahead and let us know about those there. We've also got a website, right, Joel? Sure do. It is not Edit Bay. It's not the Editing Bay. It's EditingBay.com. Please go there. Bookmark it anytime you need to know anything about the Editing Bay, like our Facebook page, the aforementioned Facebook page, or uh, maybe our Twitter handle. Well, you'll find it there. It is at the Editing Bay, right? Twitter. Yes. Twitter yeah. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at the Editing Bay. You'll always be the first person like, to know. Are you, are you quizzing me? What movies? Yeah, that was a, that was a trick question. You always be the first person to know uh, what movie we're reviewing in the coming weeks. I have posted this the rest of this month's schedule. Uh-huh. So uh, if you you're following us, you already know what movie we're doing next week. That's right. Uh, and you knew what movie we were doing this week because you went to editingbay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and a review if you would be so kind on your podcasting app. Uh, there's a little search bar there. Just go ahead and put editing bay in it. It's probably already there since you're listening to the podcast yeah, right probably. now. Uh, and just uh, tap on our icon, and that's where you could leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you like about the show. Uh, and if you have any ideas that you think you might make the show a little bit better, you can even put those ideas there as well. Um, so what are we going to do next week, man? Well, Joe, we're still in the throes of summer, so a lot of summer blockbusters have, have come and gone, but we've got one more. Dude, you see what came out this past week? Before the summer is out. Mm, no. Sky Hard. What is that? The, the Rock's Die Hard movie, Skyscraper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so fucking chomping at the bit to yeah. see this movie. It seems like I something you would wait. see. The trailer looks so fucking stupid and ridiculous. Yeah, like, but bring it the fuck on. It's Die Hard. Did you hear uh, what Bruce Willis said? 
That uh, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie? Yeah. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. Did, the you real Bruce some... Willis died years ago. No. Oh. And I don't know who this imposter is. In a fact, mere shell. somebody somebody posted a picture. I was like, you know, I don't know. He died years ago. And he, he, uh, I think it was Garrett, friend of the show Garrett, oh, yeah. uh, posted. He's like pinpointed when it happened. And he just posted a picture of the cop-out movie poster. Oh, Speaking no. of Kevin Smith, <laughs> the, uh, the cop-out movie poster. Oh. Coming soon to an episode Dude, of the fuck you, event. man. You're an actor. You don't get to fucking determine if your movie's a Christmas movie or not. <laughs> the fuck? Never meet your heroes. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Mm-hmm. And I did meet him. You did, didn't yeah, you? That's right. I did. So what are we going to do? So <laughs> Big Summer Movies, uh, one more coming up, um, and it is starring the, the ever young... Uh, and Forever young. the star of uh, our film a couple of weeks ago when we reviewed Top Gun, talking about Tom Cruise... And his never-ending Mission Impossible movies, which this one is getting rave reviews, dude. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. I haven't. They're saying it might be the best in the series. It's one of the. Tra- it's a trailer. I can't fucking stand. I can't wait for the movie to come out because I don't want to see. <laughs> you the trailer don't have anymore. to see it anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, before the best in the series comes out, we're gonna take a gander back. <laughs> oh no. At what is unarguably, oh, inarguably, unarguably, inarguably, inarguably the worst in the series with. Uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2. This is the John Woo one, John right? John Woo directed... Um, I think it brought... Well, it brought Ving Rhames back, right? Isn't he? Yeah, I think all of the people from the first movie well, eventually most of the like, people from died from that first one. So yeah. I don't know that anybody's come... I know John Voight's not back. No, I know. <laughs> what do you think? Or Jean Reno. Well, we got... Tandy, is it Tandy or Thandy? I think it's Thandy Newton. Thandy Newton, the H is not silent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know oh, who else in this piece God. of shit, because I only saw it once. Uh, it's horrible. Oh, dude, the villain in this movie, I can't remember what the fuck his name is. He was originally supposed to play Wolverine in the X-Men film. Oh, really? Yeah, fuck, I can't remember and what his name is. And then he did Mission Impossible 2. And then he, he did Mission Impossible 2 instead, uh, and that's when they ended up getting Hugh Jackman. Well, but I, I remember the like, universe hearing that story. Yeah, dude, seriously. Film. This is the fucking movie where... Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, Doug Ray Scott and fucking Tom Cruise are driving fucking giant, like these rice burner fucking motorcycles <laughs> yeah. at each other full speed. And they just fucking jump off the motorcycles and go chest to chest into each other without caving each other's fucking cavities. <laughs> yes. in. Just chest to chest. There's some shit in this movie. I know we're not supposed to be talking about it yet. No, we will. But there's shit in this movie where like he Tom Cruise is talking to Thanny Newton. He's like, would it make you feel better if I told you I didn't want you to go on the suicide mission? And and she's like, yes. He's like, well, feel better. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? That's the... Like, what? What? <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Just this like a, so maybe uh, the director, English wasn't his first language. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Cool. There you go. Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. Is this on any streaming services, Oh, uh, I didn't do my homework and Probably check, not. But, uh, I, I assume it's not. Uh, you never know. I don't... I don't. Well... I bet you uh, any number of cable channels will be running <laughs> probably on HBO now the other uh, Mission Impossible somebody has, to, somebody has to have it yeah. somebody from uh, I can't remember who it was somebody from the uh, the draft house though was like you know uh, I love this Mission Impossible franchise every movie it keeps getting better every one of them is better and somebody pointed out they were like yeah but that second one is really bad <laughs> and they responded with like yeah but bad in all the best ways so I'm looking forward to coming back to this movie and all finding right. out is that Listen, true I'm willing to be proven wrong I hope my memory does not serve me well yeah. Um, but I have a feeling it does. Yeah, I do too. But All right, hey, guys. Slow-mo doves. At least we get that. <laughs> Wouldn't be a John Woo movie without slow-mo doves. Slow-mo doves. Guys, catch us next week. We're going to be talking about Mission Impossible 2. Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. See you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.